You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today I'm talking case management systems, practice management systems and technology with Redbrick Solutions founder, Martin McDuff. Martin, thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast. It's a pleasure, David. We're going to hear a little bit about your own journey in a second, because I'm, I'm interested. You, you've been going for about 20 years, you were saying, and you've obviously got a lot of clients in the conveyancing market in particular. But we're also going to be talking around what's happening in this space, because it's quite an interesting and for the first time in a long time, quite a dynamic space, I think it's fair to say. Case management and practice management does seem to be changing in a very positive way, I would suggest. But let's start with a little bit about yourself and some of the history of, of Redbrick, if you don't mind. Tell us tell us about that journey. Yeah, absolutely, David. Um, well, I, I'm the founder and owner of Redbrick Solutions, and, and we provide easy-to-use conveyancing case management software for law firms in a nutshell. Um, we're based in in a little county called Rutland in the East Midlands, and we've got about 40 colleagues here, uh, all of whom are focused on being the, the best technology provider to our target market. Um, our clients are dotted all over England and Wales, and they include some, some high street firms up to larger mid-tier conveyancing specialist organisations, yeah, the busier of which will, will undertake probably over 500 transactions a month. Um, we've been running for about 20 years, so we know a little bit about the space and the market and the industry and, and how it operates. Well, we're going to dive right into that because I think it's fair to say you've been around for a little while. 20 years is a fair amount of time. What are the big changes that you're seeing happening in this space at the moment? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of very interesting changes and mostly positive as well. Um, there's quite a bit of consolidation going on of, of suppliers. Uh, that that does concern me a little bit in that firms and their clients will soon have a potentially a rather limited stable of, of suppliers to choose from. Um, that said, as the number of firms is also falling, certainly on the high street, um, yeah, potentially it's less viable for software vendors to cater for all the, the nuances of the 10,000 or so law firms that existed on the high street, you know, say a, a decade ago. Um, the mid-tier remains our, our focus and they tend to run their businesses in quite a different way to the high street. They're typically better resourced from an IT point of view. Um, and they see good case management technology very much as integral to their their business's success. Um, yeah, many of those mid-tier law firms want on-premise solutions for a whole host of reasons, and that works really well for us. You know, it's potentially the the typically less tech-enabled high street firms seem to be leaning more towards cloud-based solutions at the minute, um, possibly because they don't have sort of existing uh, robust infrastructure in place. Uh, but we cater for them as well, uh, and our solution is published on Amazon's web services platform for the, for those that want that flexibility. Help me out, because sometimes some of this chat goes over my head. On-premise solutions, explain. Uh, well, on-premise is simply where the client would host the data themselves. Um, so th- those firms would have typically something like a, a terminal server, um, and they can use that then for all of their users either within that single office um, but some of our clients will, will host their own um, their own database, essentially, um, and the, the the larger clients of ours will have sort of 10, 15 offices, all of which will run from one central one central place. What's the benefit of that? Because my understanding was that 
particularly cloud was really part of this process of enabling a much more remote and flexible working mm-hmm. uh, practice. Yeah, that's correct. And in, in, in theory, it does. Absolutely. Um, what these larger firms will do is essentially they, they manage and run their own cloud. So it gives them the control much more so. Um, and there's functionality that you can get with a, a essentially an on-premise solution such as uh, provided by Redbrick, um, which, which simply isn't achievable via cloud. Give me an example, Martin. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of examples, David. Um, you know, some of these will, will be to do with integrations with other partners, um, back office solutions, typically account providers. Many of those will be on-premise. Um, so we integrate tightly with a number of those providers. Um, there's functionality and integration with things like Outlook, which is increasingly important for law firms, all of which is best achieved and delivered via an on-premise solution. You've alluded to the fact that the mid-tier in particular has invested quite heavily in technology over the past couple of years. Why do you think that is? Why has it suddenly been that there's been this need to invest in technology? I think law firms have very much understood that um, to run a successful business, um, that they need to invest in technology uh, as being one of the key sort of cornerstones, I suppose, of, of having a profitable and viable business. Um, they're better placed to do that because it, it can be expensive. Um, typically running a cloud-based solution offers lots of flexibility for firms. Um, they can increase their, their headcount very easily. They just spin up a new session, a new user. So deployment potentially is, is, is a little bit easier for firms. Um, but these larger mid-tier firms, you know, that they will have IT managers and IT teams, all of whom will will, will be able to manage that, um, that that infrastructure for them very successfully and arguably more cost effectively across their business. Um, and they retain the control of that, um, that service as well, which is important for a lot of those mid-tier firms. And typically, what level of investment are you seeing these firms make? I mean, is it, is it five figures? Is it six figures? Is it seven figures? It will really vary, David, depending on the size of the firm. Um, I mean, I think best practice would indicate that firms should typically be spending, you know, three, four, five percent of their turnover um, into technology generally. But but that would be across a whole range of services and hardware. It would be very difficult to talk about technology and case and practice management systems without talking about some of the cyber risk that's mm-hmm. associated with that. It's a real buzz topic isn't it you must be seeing a big increase in the risks that firms face and and how are you tackling that as, a, as an organization well we work very closely with um with, with all of our clients in terms of their requirements um it, it, it is a big challenge for law firms uh, and i think certainly the um the, the quality uh, and quantity of data that law firms hold is obviously of value. Um, certainly, conveyances have faced a lot of challenges with uh, by the, the redirection of funds. Um, the sums involved in conveyancing are substantial, um, and, and there have been, unfortunately, some some uh, well-reported cases where law firms have been uh, defrauded out of out of money. So, yeah, th- there's lots of things that they can do to uh, to, to tighten up their security. Um, you know, there's there's some good services there with regards to some of the organisations we work with, such as LMS, for example, who provide a bank account check service for uh, for, for law firms to make sure that the money's going to the right place at the right time. And and is that what case management systems can do? I mean, you you must have checks and balances in your workflows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so importantly, at the right 
point in the transaction when funds are about to be transferred. Um, Redbrick has a very good integration with with LMS, um, and, and what that allows the law firm to do is just just have that final check to make sure that the uh, the bank account details of the recipient firm are, are valid and and accurate. Yeah, so that that's important because th this is where at the last minute, you know, there's a change of bank details either from the client side or or from where the uh, the proceeds proceeds of sale are going or the purchase monies can, can, can get redirected. So yeah, law, law firms are being um, put under a lot of pressure. Um, so importantly for Redbrick and, and Redbrick's clients, you know, we try and make it as easy as possible for them to remain compliant and make sure funds don't get uh, misplaced. We're going to talk about digital conveyancing in a, in a second. Perhaps it's a loaded question, Martin, I don't know. But of the firms that you're dealing with, that Redbrick deals with, how many of your users are qualified conveyances? How many of your users are legal execs and paralegals? And therefore, how much are they reliant upon the workflow that you're producing? Computer says no, computer says yes, that, that kind of directive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting question, David, and, and that, that varies depending on the size of the firm. Um, so Redbrick provide a very customizable solution. So um, whilst we grew up on the high street, you know, we, we spent probably our first 10 years dealing almost exclusively with high street firms. What we're finding in dealing with the mid tier, um, our experiences are telling us that these these are businesses that are run in a very different way to certainly to the high street. Um, they will adopt a much more almost manufacturing approach, I suppose, to, to their conveyancing. Um, and the work that those people within those businesses undertake is, is very clearly marked out um, they'll have teams of people simply opening files and that is their responsibility so those would tend not to be necessarily qualified conveyances um, but they would be experienced in you know, getting all of the relevant data from the client um, at the start of the transaction um, at the relevant point those businesses then are handing those files over to fee earners who are obviously the, the qualified individuals um, they're doing as much as they can on the particular file but importantly at the key stages um, these would typically be from from the law firm's point of view the more expensive resource to employ um, so they they handle the file I suppose at the key stages um, and things like post completion tasks are more easily then handed over to experienced individuals, but not necessarily qualified individuals. What you tend to find on the high street is that the FIANA is more involved in the whole file from start to finish. But the, the larger law firms are able to split that work out because it's not necessary to have you know, a qualified FIANA or solicitor opening a matter. It's just not viable for them. No, and dare I ask, I mean, do you see that that's something that will change in conveyancing? And do you think it's something that case management systems actually have a part to play in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that that's probably been the case for quite some time, David, in truth, that, that the work has been segmented out. Um, you know, law firms have understood that they don't need qualified solicitors to to, to open matters and to, to produce letters and documents and forms and these sorts of things. Um, case management does lend itself very well to that, um, or certainly good case management does. And, and there's lots of tasks within Redbrick that can be um, assigned to the appropriately qualified and or experienced individual. Um, so, that, so that allows our firms, gives them a competitive advantage in making sure that the right people are dealing with the right elements of the uh, the transaction from the law firm's point of view. Uh, and, and the supervision that a good case management system can give you is, is unparalleled as well. So the, the visibility that the uh, the practice manager or the head of department has over all those files is absolutely key. What we tend to find in these larger mid-tier firms is that they, they they tend to manage their business almost 
by exception, I suppose. So of the 500 files that they will open in a month, yeah, they really want to know about the you know, the 25 where they might be proceeding beyond a certain point, but haven't got monies on account from the client or haven't got their terms of business back. And the case management product will just surface that very easily. Um, and that's not just at the start of the transaction, that's at all the key milestones as well, right through to um, the end of the transaction where, for example, yeah, they've de- dealt with the completion, but are yet to um, settle the, the SDLT fee if it was due. Um, and, and they're then most interested in looking at those um, those that fall outside the scope of the file being dealt with in a timely fashion. Thinking about this phrase, digital conveyancing, I'm really interested in your thoughts coming at it from a case management point of view, because we're in a scenario, and I don't think anybody can deny the fact that despite the proliferation of technology, the conveyancing transaction seems to have either become more complicated or has certainly lengthened. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking at the moment and it's currently sort of 20 weeks, something like that. What, in your view as a case management provider, is going wrong or going right? Because the whole point of the workflow, for example, was to try and speed that process, wasn't it? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and what we've observed, I suppose, in the 20 odd years that we've been in the space is that the, the process of conveyancing necessarily hasn't uh, proceeded any much quicker. But the reality is, of course, David, that um, lots of those firms have so much more work and obligations, compliance, regulatory, et cetera, to undertake. And, and that includes things like AML checks. Um, that includes source of funds and source of wealth being a, a newer requirement that falls upon them and, and there's greater levels of obligation with regards to to the lender, etc. So whilst the law firm has to do more, it's hardly a surprise that the timescales involved haven't necessarily improved. What the law firms do is they try and operate all of those things as efficiently as possible and deal with them you know, in, in, in the quickest possible way. When we go and first visit a law firm, there's very rarely anything fundamentally wrong with how they're doing the conveyancing, far from it. Um, what we try and do is we'll try and save them you know, X minutes up front, another, another 10 minutes here, another 15 minutes on another task, five minutes on that, which in total amounts to some significant time savings for the law firm. What we can't do, obviously, is, is make the whole process fundamentally quicker because there will be people in the chain that are involved. Um, and obviously, ultimately, you can only work at the pace of the slowest. So there's lots of things that affect the timescales involved in conveyancing. There's lots of new initiatives such as BASPI, which tries to bring more information to surface that for, for everybody involved at the start of the transaction. Um, that could and arguably should reduce the timescales. Um, but of course, that works then happening earlier in the process. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that the the, um, the overall timescales involved will be significantly improved. It, it should offer benefits to reducing fall throughs because people will have more information up front. Um, but from the point where the consumer first decides that they want to sell a property or buy a property to actually getting in hasn't improved significantly. I guess really all we've done to date is digitization. We've only really change the way in which, for example, the protocol forms are completed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are lots of um, initiatives out there and, and Redbrick, among others in the market, are trying to do as much as we can digitally. This makes it more efficient for the law firm. It makes it more engaging and more efficient for the, the, the consumer, the client, the home mover as well. Um, you know, they, they can now 
almost on board themselves in many cases. Um, yeah, the technology does exist for, for law firms to consume data um, straight from the clients or from, from portals, um, from introducers of work, from a whole range of sources. Um, and in fact, yeah, Redbrick also offers unattended uh, services. And, and by that, I mean um, the client could essentially list a transaction either themselves or via an introducer or on, on either our portal or one of our partner portals. Um, that information could be consumed by the case management product that the law firm's running. Um, that would then furnish the client with a, a, a quote um, that quote would then be accepted by the customer um, and returned. This could all be over the weekend or of an evening out of hours. It's unattended. Uh, it's not quite artificial intelligence, but um, it's certainly assisted intelligence. And that would then um, result in a situation where yeah, the lawyer could come in on a Monday morning yeah, and they could have had a whole number of new instructions over the weekend. Client packs have been sent out, terms of business have been sent out, been accepted and returned by the client, and, and then they, they could just start hand, handling the work. Um, so making it much more efficient for, for everybody involved in the process, really. So, yeah, there's lots of exciting things going on. I've got two questions around that, so you have to bear with me. One is another loaded question. Are firms engaged in using technology? Do you sense that you're talking to organisations that really want to improve the way that they're delivering service? I absolutely do. Yeah. I mean, over the 20 years that we've been operating in the space, um, I think initially when we started, David, people were uh, fell into probably one of three camps. Um, you know, they had some technology in place and if they were happy with it, they would continue to use it. Some firms at the time would have invested in technology and it hadn't worked for them. Um, and I think service providers over the, the time that we've been in the market have, have definitely improved their game. But those those who'd invested very heavily, remembering that most case management systems come with quite a substantial investment up front to get the product in, installed and up and running. Um, and there were those firms who had, had potentially considered it and they just thought it was too expensive and not looked. Um, Redbrick came to market with a slightly different business model. So we have a comparatively low entry cost to, to get involved with our product. And thereafter, we charge transactionally um, for each particular matter that the law firm lists on. And what that means then is that law firms can more easily get involved with case management and get the benefits of that. Uh, and in most cases, David, actually, our clients are also passing the transaction fee onto the consumer as a disbursement, which means there's no P&L hit for the use of our technology. Um, they're able to do that because the, the client uses all the uh, products and services that, that they're able to then engage with, um, whether that's something as simple as receiving text message updates at the key milestone stages, whether that's looking online at their progress, whether that's filling out the forms, the transaction forms, contracts, et cetera, online, digitally signing those and returning them into the, um, in, into the law firm via our website. Um, so, so there's lots of things going on, all of which offer an enhanced uh, service, I suppose, for the consumer, but but most importantly, efficiency gains for the law firm as well. Uh, and, th and that workflow that you mentioned as well is, is, is also very much about assisting the law firms, not just in trying to complete the transaction more quickly, um, but also making sure that they've dealt with all of their regulatory and compliance obligations as well, making sure that nothing gets overlooked. So my second question is, what percentage of your software actually gets used by the, the conveyancer because you know if I think about my phone for example I probably use about 10% of the functionality of the phone. It varies from firm to firm 
Um, every, every firm is different. Um, and, and despite the fact they would all say they do conveyancing and they do, um, many of them will do it in, in a slightly different way. Um, so what we're able to do is to look into the firm's processes as we're deploying our case management product. And we make sure that we try and save them those uh, little snippets of time at each and every task that they do. Um, we do have good MI built into the back of our product that allows us to see uh, where people are spending time uh, and what they're doing, which is really useful. Uh, and, and some of those uh, some of those firms are really interested in working with us to understand where the time gets spent as well, um, because that obviously helps them understand where the pain points are in, in the conveyancing process. You know, if they're spending too long doing doing a particular task, then we, we work very closely with our clients individually, but also via things like user groups. And we've got um, a product development fee board that we publish. Um, a feedback board and, and and that allows them to to list development requests um, so so we very much work with them to make sure that what we do is um, delivering benefit um, it, it's a fear uh, that we have as a business that you know if we don't deliver good quality product then essentially will become irrelevant so you know it's absolutely essential that we we understand what where those pain points lie for our customers in the process and, and, and we work with them to see how technology can uh, can overcome those challenges and those problems where do you see holdups then you, you've suggested that you can kind of identify typically and you've got a you know a huge amount of data to work mm. with where typically do you see holdups in the transaction it it, it varies um throughout um i mean lots of the interactions with the customer um used to used to provide quite a big break in the uh, in the conveyancing process so initially things like onboarding you know that that's that's a big challenge for firms to get all of the relevant information out of the out of the client or clients. Um, this is data about them themselves, their transaction, their financials, etc. Um, so what we've built over the last couple of years is some online questionnaires and data capture. Essentially, that allows the law firm very simply, having received either a request for a quote or a confirmation of instruction, uh, they can the law firm can then direct their clients to fill in all this information online, uh, and they can do that via a phone, tablet, PC, whatever. They can do that evenings, weekends, on the phone, traveling to work if they want to. And then that data comes straight back into the case management product. So uh, things like onboarding, you know, that that was a big barrier for lots of firms. It was taking taking a lot of time, a lot of administrative time, but also days in the process. Um, that can now be discharged very easily and very efficiently using good tech. There's this talk of the Amazon culture pervading legal services. Mm -hmm. Do you see that again? Do you see within your systems that customers are, are are quicker to respond, and and do you see their frustrations in you know what they might perceive as a slow response from their conveyancer? Yeah, I, I think that that is an issue. I mean, there's an expectation now of, of service um, in, in in life generally. Um, you know, Amazon culture, as you as you call it has put quite a bit of pressure, I suppose, on 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 firms. Um, people drop an email and expect an instant reply. You know, and it's just unreasonable to expect that. Um, so what we try and assist our customers in doing is being proactive in that regard. All of the updates that um, that a client would expect on a case, um, yeah, the product will send the client text message updates. It will send them email alerts. Um, they they can go in and, and find out exactly what's happening on their transaction at any particular time at their convenience, evenings, weekends, when the law firm aren't even open. Um, and most importantly, that information is also provided to the introducer, the source of the work, the estate agents and everybody else involved in the transaction. So the, the visibility 
is there um but of course what you can't change is people's um people's attitude to this you know they, they simply want to email or call the conveyancer and ask for an update um so in a lot of cases we try and encourage our firms to be proactive and, and furnish those updates at their convenience rather than having to field those those calls and emails coming in no update is an update that's something i've learned recently <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in a lot of cases, just keeping the um, keeping the clients well informed as to what's gone on um, is enough, e even if there's nothing for the law firm to particularly report, just to say, look, we've chased this, we've dealt with that, we're, we're pursuing something else, you know, just keeping the client informed. Uh, I think that's the issue that most home movers have is the lack of transparency. Reality is, David, most people probably move four or five times in their life, something like that. So it's not something that they are experienced in dealing with. And, and they find that lack of visibility that potentially down to their lack of understanding of the process and how it works and what goes on is is, is an issue. But, but law firms can and are being proactive in helping their customers understand you know, what the next steps are, what they're waiting on and, and, and how, how, they're, uh, how their matter's proceeding. You've suggested you've got this history in the high street that you're now working with uh, these mid-sized firms. You're obviously dealing with people that are engaged in improving their service levels, engaged in technology, improving efficiency, essentially protecting their future. But there are still a lot of law firms out there that are not particularly engaged. How do we get that message across? Because as you rightly point out, you're only ever as quick as the slowest part of the chain. There's no reason why any law firm shouldn't review their systems. Uh, we typically find that they do so probably every five years as a matter of routine. Uh, and, and we encourage that for, for our existing clients as well to make sure that they benchmark what Rubric are providing them with what else is available in the market. Um, as we said at the start, David, you know, there's um, very low barriers to entry, certainly uh, as far as Rubric are concerned. So within an hour, you know, we can really show people how they can improve their service uh, increase their levels of compliance or visibility of that compliance um, and run a demonstrably more efficient and therefore more profitable transaction for them. Um, yeah, people will make a well-informed decision as to what's right for them. Redbrick isn't for everybody, far from it. Um, there are plenty of good case management systems out there, although the number is reducing due to some of the consolidation that we spoke about earlier. Um, but, but there's plenty of good affordable technology that law firms can engage with very easily. So I, I would encourage every law firm to, to have a look at what's out there. And that review timeframe is coming down, isn't it? I mean, I, I go back 10 years, it was 13, 14, 15 years from memory was the time it, a case management system was in place. It, it's now much more frequent that firms are looking at changing, isn't it? It is. I, th I think they're, they're more able and better informed as well about what's what's out there. Um, I think the pace at which technology is moving uh, is always accelerating. Um, you know, so, so there's a lot more on offer for law firms. But of course, it's important that we remember as well that there's increasing regulation and obligations on all of those law firms as well. So um, whilst whilst they probably do review more regularly than they would have done a, a generation ago, um, you know, th there's lots of things that Redbrick and other case management providers need to do to make sure that their products and services remain relevant um, and, and attractive. So how are you ensuring that you're staying relevant and attractive and all the rest of it? What are the main uh, developments that you're making within Redbrick? Yeah, well, developments tend to fall into one of, a, 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 I suppose, a handful of categories. Um, there are things that are now technically possible that weren't previously. So we've, we've always got one eye on 
just what what technology is is out there um, and and how that relates to our client market. Um, so we're looking at what's uh, essentially what's possible. Bit of bit of sort of stargazing, I suppose. Um, the, there are things that drive our development. Um, most importantly, obviously, our customers drive our development. Um, so as I've said already, David, you know, we engage with our customers by way of um, product development boards that we publish, and and they get to rank and vote on those items. And, and as a result, the things that they really want to see come to market come to fruition. Um, and we engage with our clients by way of user groups and and all of the site visits that we have. Um, so we've got a we're lucky in that we have a, a team of really good, uh, let's call them account managers, I suppose, who revisit all of our customers on a regular basis. Um, and they do so to make sure that the customer is getting the most out of using our technology. Um, and as we already said, different firms will use it in different ways. That's one of the one of the beauties, I suppose, of a flexible product such as ours. But all of that feedback then gets consumed by our business and, and we then make sure that we build continue to build uh, functionality that is is really relevant and, and, and on the money for law firms. What I sense is that the last two years have been hellish, for want of a better word, for conveyances, and that has stifled innovation. It's not stifled innovation from the suppliers because there's a huge mm-hmm. amount of innovation out there, but it's stifled innovation in firms because they simply haven't had the time to invest or even to look. Do you see that 2023 could be a year where law firms actually have the opportunity to innovate and invest. Um, I think it's interesting, David. I, I would almost disagree with you on 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 the um, on, on the I suppose the underlying um, part of that question. I, I think law firms have been very innovative in terms of how they've responded during COVID. Um, you know, they've, they've certainly looked at their working processes and practices and how they can how they can run them in a different way, um, and that's allowed lots of law firms then really to to reevaluate. I suppose what had become just a very well established routine for them. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, 2023 will be interesting. You know, the, the last two years have been really really busy, and lots of law firms have struggled with the uh, the volumes. Yeah, their staff are, are almost overworked. Um, you know, that's that's a big issue for a lot of law firms at the minute. And um, you know, a, a period of quiet which we're probably sat in now just seems to be starting. Um, I think volumes are, are, are dipping slightly for a couple of reasons: cost of living crisis starting to bite. Um, obviously, there's been some um, financial ripples throughout the, the last couple of months as a result of some budget uh, misguided budgeting by the government. Um, but in any event, all of these things are a catalyst for change. Um, and, and as long as that change is for good, then I think law firms will continue to thrive. And those that engage in technology um, just being one of the things that they need to contemplate, obviously, in terms of running a successful business and continuing to grow. Certainly very much looking forward to 2023. We've got lots of exciting things going on for our customers. Um, and we're working with some really good partners as well to help uh, deliver a much more efficient joined up transaction for everybody involved. I'm ever so pleased in a lot of ways you've disagreed with that final question, Martin, because that's reassuring from my point of view, because I do worry that innovation has been stifled, but I'm heartened by by your thoughts. So thank you very much indeed for sharing them. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Really interesting to to chat and hear it from a, a case management provider's point of view. I don't think we've really had anybody on the podcast that's talking about it from a Uh, from a slightly different point of view, from a a provider's point of view in that sense. So thank you very much indeed. Pleasure, David. Great talking with you. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Martin. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon.
You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.